Hey guys, it's Simon. This is Wrestling Unlimited. As it's Friday, and this is the Wrestling Wrap Up. A handful of news brought to you in one easy to watch video. Of course, today's show does go. We do have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen ish stories to talk about. We're going to talk about Alexa Bliss as far as. Her and her husband, Ryan Cabrera, having a baby and and things as far as her coming back to wrestling, when she plans on that, or contract and so forth. We're talking about her good friend, Braun Strowman, undergoing neck fusion surgery. We're talking about AEW Fight Forever, some returns possibly soon to All Elite Wrestling, and so much more. Because again, this is the Wrestling Wrap-Up. Every Monday and Friday morning, right here, Pro Wrestling Unlimited. You can watch this show a myriad of different ways, whether that is live, later, or listening on podcast services all around the globe. Remember, you can watch live on Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash PWUnlimited. Watch or listen, uh, watch live or later on YouTube, youtube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited, or listen on podcast services all around the globe like Stitcher, Spotify, Google Pod, Apple Pod, Anchor, iHeartRadio, and so much more. Remember, if you are watching live on Twitch, you can help us out a couple of different ways. You can either help us out by hitting that donate button down below or by donating Twitch bits in the live chat. Also, remember, you can help us out by subscribing to the channel one of two different ways. You can either subscribe with a tiered subscription or you can subscribe with Amazon Prime. Because remember, if you have Amazon Prime, then you have Prime Gaming. Prime Gaming gives you a lot of cool things like free games, free stuff for games, and it always gives you one free subscription to any Twitch channel you want to subscribe to throughout the month. And I'd greatly appreciate it if you did right here, Pro Wrestling Unlimited. Also remember, if you're watching on YouTube, you can hit that join button down below to become a channel member and support us there as well. And finally, head over to the Epic Game Store. Head over to the Epic Game Store and buy something. Whether you're buying a new game, whether you're buying an old game, whether you're claiming a free game or getting bucks for Rocket League, Fortnite, or Fall yeah, Rocket League Fortnite or Fall Guys, use this code right here, PWUnlimited. Again, use code PWUnlimited for all Epic Games and Epic Game Store purchases. Whether you're trying to get into that brand new Star Wars Jedi Survivor, getting into 2K Lego Drive, claiming the free game right now, Midnight Ghost Hunt, and so much more. Well, again, use our code. Use code PWUnlimited at checkout. All Epic Games and Epic Game Store purchases. And finally, if you want to get your question, comment, concern, read live on the air, head over to pwunlimited.co slash mailbag to submit your question. Again, head over to pwunlimited.co slash mailbag to submit your question to be read live on the air. We do got one today we're going to read a little bit later pertaining to a potential new championship being brought into WWE. But as far as the news does go, first story we do have has to do with Alexa Bliss. Many have been asking, where's little Miss Bliss? Where has she been? Why has she not been on TV? And it sounds like, well, even though in like April and around Mania time and even a little after that, she kept saying, oh, they're just not contacting me. They just got nothing for me. No, it's because since March, you've been pregnant. That's where she has been. Now, after announcing the pregnancy, she did interviews and stuff. And one that stuck out to me was an interview with The Messenger, where she explained that she had taken time off from WWE to appear on The Masked Singer earlier this year. 
Jostle said WWE extended her contract during that time, which I don't know exactly how long that is. But then she said, well, following that is when I found out I was pregnant. Bliss said the following. WWE gave me time off for The Masked Singer to kind, to kind of fully dive into that experience with rehearsals, vocal lessons, and all that stuff. Storyline-wise, I was not on TV anyways, so it really kind of worked out perfectly. WWE extended my contract, and so it just basically, like, come back when you're ready. Probably a month after the baby, I'll start probably getting back into the gym and getting ready to see what my in-ring return looks like. She also revealed that she found out that she was pregnant just days before this year's WrestleMania. She said, quote, I was preparing for my return in the ring, and I was just having really bad cramps. I thought that was so weird. So I decided to take a test. And then I think I said, oh shit. Was revealed on Instagram that she and husband Ryan Cabrera are expecting their first child, expecting in December. So late December is when it looks like she will go into labor and so forth and have the baby. And yeah, so her contract was extended for the mass singer. We don't know exactly how long that was, but I assume now I would think her contract is extended for this as well. We have heard in the past that some have not had their contract extended when it comes to having a baby because that's different from like being injured and so forth or asking for time off. So, yeah, we'll see how long Alexa Bliss is out of action. But she says a month after she gives birth, she wants to get back into the gym, get back into the ring and see where she can what she can do and how she can go. So I would not expect Alexa Bliss back. Probably not at next year's Rumble. Maybe build up to Mania. Most likely following next year's Mania at the earliest, I would say. I would think next year's Raw after WrestleMania, or maybe the draft if they do it around the same time again next year, is when I would expect Alexa Bliss. Could be completely wrong. Who knows? Maybe she, a month later, goes, gets in the ring, goes, I got this. I'm good. Let's Let's return now in time for WrestleMania. So... Congratulations to Alexa Bliss and her husband, Ryan Cabrera. Now, speaking of baby news, Carmella and Corey Graves announced recently that they're going to have a baby, which I think should be born around the same time as Alexa's baby because Carmella found out in the build-up to WrestleMania and so forth in March. So, yeah, but they did go on the Tamron Hall show. And reveal the sex of their baby. But before the sex of the child was announced, Carmela said, We both wanted a boy. I feel so lucky either way because I have a stepson, two stepdaughters. So either way, I can do the girly thing with them. But the boy thing with him? But we both wanted a boy. Uh, Graves then revealed his true motivations for wanting to have a boy. said, I was kind of hoping for a boy because I'm outnumbered badly, which is really funny. And they did announce on the Cameron Hall show, Blue Confetti Flew, as it was announced, they are having a boy. So there we go. Carmella and Corey Graves will be having a little baby boy, I believe, come this, like, December time. Because if she found out in March, February, March, so November, December time, is when Corey and Carmella should be having a baby. But Carmella said more on this, stating, quote, It was really important for me to share my story. When I had the first miscarriage, we dealt with it privately. I think only we knew. My parents knew and my sister, and that was it. 
I just felt like that's what you do. People don't talk about miscarriage. People don't talk about loss of their child. I didn't know anyone that had a miscarriage. So when it happened again, I thought, well, it was the most isolating experience. I felt so alone. I was devastating, especially. It was devastating, especially with it being an uh, ectopic. I barely knew what an ectopic pregnancy was. And when it happened again, I just felt like, how do I take this and spin it into something and somewhat of a positive note? If that's even possible. There we go. A lot of babies being born right now in pro wrestling. We've got Corey Graves and, and Carmella. We've got Kai and Sammy. We've got now um, Alexa Bliss and her husband. So, yeah. A lot of babies are on the way down. If you guys get that joke, you know. If you guys get that joke, you know. I'll just give a clue. It has to do with Alexa's husband. On the way down. A lot of babies on the way down. But as we move forward, Ron Strowman. Has not been seen since May 1st, and now we know why. So back in, I want to say, March, April, Braun Strowman had suffered a concussion. He got cleared from that concussion, came back, and then, well, worked a match on March 1st, and then has been gone. Mike Johnson of PW Insider reported that Braun Strowman was out dealing with an injury, but he didn't know at first what the injury was. Then yesterday, news came out that Braun Strowman was spotted in Birmingham, Alabama. Which, if you're going to Birmingham, yeah, they think you need surgery. Whether you're going for the surgery or you're going for a consultation to see if you need surgery. And while Braun revealed himself, he went for surgery. Braun Strowman revealed on his Instagram, we're going to pull up right here on the screen, that he underwent neck fusion surgery yesterday in Birmingham, Alabama, as Braun Strowman stated the following, and yeah, we'll play the video as well. Why not? We'll loop it. We'll little loop. I'm not going to play the audio from it, though. Road to recovery starts now. Level 1 fusion on my C4-C5 vertebrae was in the great hands of Dr. Cordover at Andrew Sports Medicine. was a great experience considering. Thank you to WWE for always taking the most care of us. This was very scary to find out about, having to have Gun and they were there every step of the way, reassuring that I was going to have the best care possible. This will take a little bit of time to heal from, but I assure you, in the words of the Terminator, I'll be back. Thank you all in advance for the well wishes. Much love, Adam Shear. Now, when it comes to neck fusion surgery, depending on how bad the neck is and how invasive the surgery has to be, there's a varying amount of recovery time. Some can come back within a month and a half to two months, but then there's also been some that have had to come back later than that and take like six months to a year. We don't know which one will be for Strowman, how long Strowman will be out of action, but yeah, Strowman is going to be gone for a little while as he just underwent neck fusion surgery yesterday in Birmingham, Alabama. So, well wishes to the big man, the monster among men. As we move forward, WWE has announced their next rookie class for the Performance Center. As they announced, I want to say, let me see, let me grab the right number here. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. New trainees to the WWE Performance Center. 
all varying in different, I guess you could say, athletic backgrounds. So let's just start talking about each one. And none of them, I'm going to tell you right now, none of them are indie wrestlers. So there's nobody you're going to know of because I didn't know of any of these wrestlers. But the first one is Ezekiel Balgun, Balogun. A 25-year-old, six foot six tall, 238 pounder, born in Nigeria from the University of North Florida. He played basketball, a USN conference academic honor roll as well from 2019 to 2020. Next up, Vlad Pavlenko, a 26-year-old from Iowa State University. He played track and field and was a three-time All-American. Hunter Smallback, a 23-year-old, 6'4", tall, 227-pounder, a former defensive end in football at the Stenton Stetson University. Coy Wainer, 24-year-old, 6'3", tall, 247-pounder, a former tight end football player from the University of Wisconsin. Andreze Hughes-Murray, a 25-year-old, 6-foot-2-inch tall, 247-pound linebacker, outside linebacker, from the University of Oregon State. He signed with the Los Angeles Rams as an undrafted free agent in 2022, and now he's with the WWE. Kevin Robinson, a 6-foot-2-tall, 290-pound former defensive lineman who played football at Temple University. Uh, we got a few females as well. Uh, Melanie Brzezinski, a 22-year-older from the University of Tampa. She's a bodybuilder, a CrossFit athlete, and a karate black belt. Kylan Register, a 5-foot-6-tall female from Jackson's, Jacksonville State University. She, played, or she competed in track and field. And finally, Alexis Gray, a 25-year-old former Texas Southern University sprinter born in the Bahamas. So there we go. WWE has announced nine new trainees for the WWE Performance Center. They're all brand new, so they're all just starting now. And we'll see if any of them even last. We'll see if any of them even last. Like, we can look at them and go, oh, I think they're going to make it. I think they're going to make it. We could, we could predict based off their look, but we'll have to just wait and see. They sign a lot of people that never actually make it past training to NXT and so forth. So hopefully some of them can make it and we'll see which one actually does maybe within the next six months to a year. Because, you know, WWE is now on that six month kick of are you progressing every six months? If you're not, you may get cut. So as we move forward. Some interesting news came out last night per Fightful as they state that a possible new title belt could be introduced in the WWE and as early as tonight as Fightful wrote the following. A new championship belt could be unveiled soon in WWE. While it hasn't been announced yet and is subject to change, Fightful has learned that at least of Thursday evening, there were plans on the June 2nd WWE SmackDown for Roman Reigns to have a 1,000-day celebration for his Universal title run. Now, that's not just as of last night. That's the Fox commercial for SmackDown all week since last week. Trust me. I watched a lot of Fox this week with NASCAR and NASCAR being pushed. And, and yeah, I watched a lot of Fox this week because NASCAR content. So this commercial ran plenty of times. And all it said was, Roman Reigns will celebrate 1,000 days as WWE Universal Champion and more this week on SmackDown. So, yeah. Anyways, we're told that as of that creative, there were also memos that mentioned, quote, 
new WWE Universal Championship on it. There is set to be a podium where the, quote, new WWE Universal Championship would be unveiled to the world. We're told that the presentation was mentioned as resembling when The Rock unveiled the new WWE Championship back in 2013. Or kind of like when Triple H showed up the new belt last week, anyways, or a couple weeks ago. Um, they also go on to state, Please note that all creative is subject to change, and this is only based on internal discussions and memos within the company, not something official yet. So we do have a question here regarding this. This question does come in from Steve underscore Kyer 28. His question pertaining to this is, with the rumor of the new championship belt for Roman, could we eventually see new championship belts for Rhea and Asuka since they have not switched the belts? So... With Roman, I think this is more of, they don't want him to hold around two titles anymore. He's not going to hold two belts. He's just going to have the one and go from there. But the big question with that is, what does that do lineage-wise? What lineage does this new belt hold? Just the Universal title belt or the WWE Championship belt that goes all the way back to Bruno San Martino and before? So that's the big question is, what lineage will Roman's belt have? And as far as new belts for Roman and Asuka, I can see it. I can see maybe whatever the design of this new belt for Roman is, if it is a generic design like we've had, maybe Rhea and Asuka also get new belts similar to whatever this new belt is, just in the colors of their brand's belts, I guess you could say. So if Rhea's on Raw as the SmackDown Women's Champion, maybe, here's an idea, here's an idea, okay. So maybe, because we're getting the WWE Universal Championship, and we have the WWE World Heavyweight Championship, maybe what they should do is give Asuka the WWE Women's Universal Championship, and then give Rhea the WWE Women's World Heavyweight Championship, or World Championship, whatever you want to call it. That's what I would do. So that way, you're not tied to a brand anymore, because that's really screwed them in the past. And the titles can go back and forth between brands seamlessly, no problem. Don't put a color on them. If you want to do something different, maybe have a one have a white strap, one have a black strap. But usually in WWE, all women's belts have white straps. So we'll see how it goes. But I do think that they should do new belts for Rhea and Asuka. Because it's just weird. It's just weird that Rhea Ripley's on Raw as the SmackDown Women's Champion. And Asuka's on SmackDown as the Raw Women's Champion. Remember, if you want to get your comment, question, or concern read live on the air, you can do so by heading over to pwunlimited.co forward slash mailbag. And then that, again, that's pwunlimited.co forward slash mailbag. Now, we do know that WWE has been doing a number of international shows. They did one this year in Saudi, they did one in Puerto Rico. And there's rumors that they're going to go to Australia. Nick Khan has talked about India. And speaking of India, Dave Meltzer actually had an update on that India show as, well, looks like they're going in December. Here's the latest on WWE's plans for a major show in India later this year following recent international premium live event news. WWE will have held a number of important shows in various different countries by the end of this year. Following the recent Backlash show in Puerto Rico, Night of Champions in Saudi Arabia, and even Money in the Bank coming up in the UK, London, 
WWE CEO Nick Khan previously confirmed that the company will hold yet another international live event later this year. That one happening in or that one happening in India. Nick Khan did tease September, and now Dave Meltzer has what he is saying the actual date. Per Dave Meltzer in the latest Wrestling Observer newsletter, Meltzer does report that WWE is likely to be going and having their show in India on September 9th. And when we look at a calendar, September 9th is a Saturday. So that will be a Saturday show. And that would be, if I'm thinking correctly, should be the show after SummerSlam. SummerSlam is August 5th. Correct me in the chat if I'm wrong or the live or the comments below. It's August 5th. So then you give them a month, and August 9th, you build up till whatever this India show is going to be. We don't know the name. We don't know the concept. Well, Triple H doesn't like concept shows. He said that before. But we don't know what name this is going to be, what branding will be on this show. But if we look at the fall, we got Extreme Rules, maybe Extreme Rules in India? Hmm, I don't know. We know it's not going to be Hell in a Cell because Triple H basically said last year he wants to do away with the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view. I don't think it's going to be TLC because he kind of said something similar to I don't want the TLC pay-per-view anymore. So we'll see what show this does go on as, but it looks like this will be the next pay-per-view following SummerSlam this summer into the fall. Now, there's one story here that I was debating even talking about, but we'll talk about it anyways. There's one former WWE superstar who we actually saw at Backlash, reportedly in Orlando on, in, and in town for WWE. One of the best moments of 2023 in WWE came back, when, uh, came back during the Backlash Premium Live event in San Juan, Puerto Rico. During the San Juan street fight between Bad Bunny and Damian Priest, former WWE star and champion Carlito made a surprise appearance during the match, getting a massive reaction from the live crowd and the fans online. Following his cameo at the show, fans had hoped if maybe it was possible, Carlito would re-sign with the company. No deal has yet been made, and the company hasn't stated anything on using Carlito again yet. However, in an update from Mike Johnson over at PW Insider, Johnson does state that the former Intercontinental and United States Champion Carlito was spotted yesterday in Orlando. Johnson stated that when asking around, he was told that Carlito was in town for WWE, but in what capacity and what context was not known. So it looks like Carlito may have visited the Performance Center yesterday and was brought in by WWE to do so. It's unclear what the plan is for Carlito. I hope they sign him. I hope they bring him back. That could be really, really cool if they do bring Carlito back to the WWE. I mean, look at the reaction he got from the fans, and look how jacked up that guy looked, too. Like, give me Carlito, give him an apple, let him spit in people's faces, screw it, let him spit in Roman's face. Heck, no. Let him spit in the in the blood, not the blood, the Judgment Day's face. Oh, let him spit in Dom's face and see what Rhea does. Play off the street fight. Off the San Juan street fight. But as we move forward, we got some AEW news to talk about. The first two AEW stories both have to do with potential returns to the company. 
One, one AEW wrestler that we actually haven't seen for a very long time is Santana. Santana has been sidelined for nearly a year now as he went down with an ACL injury during last year's Blood and Guts on June, June 29th, 2022. Fightful had recently reported that he was still with AEW and the company had continued to pay him throughout his absence. Santana had been absent from in-ring action for almost an entire year, as stated previously. And according to Dave Meltzer in the latest Wrestling Observer Newsletter, he does report that Santana is going to be ready to return soon. He notes that given the report, the reported falling out between Santana and Ortiz, it's unclear where he'll be slotted when he returns. It's unclear if he's going to be brought back on Dynamite or maybe even for the Collision brand going forward. We haven't heard anything on Santana and Ortiz reconciling, but it sounds like these two ain't friends no more, so we'll see if they can continue to work together in AEW. I doubt they're going to be a tag team, but I think they need each other. As we've seen with no Santana, Ortiz kind of has just been floundering. He did something slightly with, with uh, Eddie Kingston, and that went nowhere. Eddie Kingston's now out hurt, so I think Santana and Ortiz need each other. They're a phenomenal, amazing, great tag team on their own, not just with the Jericho Appreciation Society. Because when Santana and Ortiz came into AEW, huge fanfare as far as like people buzzing. Because... In Impact, they were an amazing tag team. They ran the indie scene. They were doing so much great things. So to see that tag team no more would be a shame. Speaking of another return to All Elite Wrestling, it looks like, well, Pac could be returning soon as well. According to Dave Meltzer in the latest Wrestling Observer Newsletter, he states that Pac is expected to return to AEW pretty soon. Pac had reportedly been sidelined after getting his nose fixed. Remember, he was working with the face shield with the broken nose and all that. He suffered a broken nose at the AEW Full Gear event, but wrestled the best of seven series against the elite Kenny Omega or against the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega with a broken nose, wearing a face protection shield on his face. Unfortunately, the elite did defeat them for the titles, and we haven't seen Pac since. As far as an AEW does go, because Pac did wrestle for OTT during Scrapper Mania weekend in March. Uh, it is unknown exactly when Pac will return to All Elite Wrestling Television. The Lucha Bros have continued to wrestle, winning their OH Tag Team title, so the Death Triangle is still out there doing things just as a death line, two-point line. They need their other angle. They're the Death Triangle, they're the Death Angle, but not a Triangle. They got they They got to Yeah. I'm trying to think too much into that joke, and it just died dirty. Anyways, Pac will be returning soon. We have some double or nothing notes here. First one has to do with Matt Jackson and his fireball shoe to Moxley's head. Apparently, he had to get certified as a fire performer to do this spot. Matt Jackson had to obtain a special license in order to deliver an exploding superkick to John Moxley. Matt performed the move during the Anarchy in the Arena match when Moxley had Nick Jackson in a single-leg crab. Dave Meltzer reported in today's Wrestling Observer Newsletter that he was required to get a fire performer's license in the state of Nevada to do the spot. Meltzer wrote, Matt Jackson came up with the exploding superkick spot about a month ago. He wanted to do something that hadn't been done, and do so. He had, and to do so, he had to get a Nevada State fire performer's license that other entertainer entertainment acts in Las Vegas usually 
have to get as part of that the show. Usually, uh, in Las Vegas, usually have to get using things like that as part of their show. Meltzer gave Anarchy in the Arena five stars, if you guys were wondering, in this week's Wrestling Observer Newsletter. Last year's Anarchy in the Arena also got five stars. So yeah, Matt Jackson had to get a special license in the state of Nevada just to do the spot. Just to show that he is well aware of fire safety, I guess you could say. But it seems like that spot went off without a hitch. Yet, the building, T-Mobile Arena, actually gave AEW some limitations on a lot of ideas they had for the show. A new report has revealed that a lot of ideas for AEW Double or Nothing 2023 were shut down by the T-Mobile Arena ahead of the show. While the May 28th pay-per-view featured numerous championship matches and several title changes, the final match of the show didn't have any gold on the line. In the main event of Double or Nothing 2023, the Blackpool Combat Club defeated the Elite in Anarchy in the Arena after Konoshka Takeshita sided with the BCC. Per Dave Meltzer in the latest Wrestling Observer Newsletter, he states that the T-Bowmill Arena actually gave the company limitations for that bout, and a lot of pitches were shut down following the events of the 2022 match. Uh, Meltzer went on to state, quote, They didn't have the preparation time as they did for Anarchy in the Arena last year, nor did the production team, because the Las Vegas Golden Knights had a playoff game the night before in the building. So, that delayed moving all the production in as compared to a usual show. Last year, the, uh, for the match, the group came in the night before and scouted out areas for ideas, and this year, that wasn't possible. In addition, the T-Mobile Arena gave the company limitations for the match, and a lot of ideas were shut down by the building because of things that happened in last year's match. Now, Meltzer did not go on to give any other details as far as what was shut down or what happened in last year's match that the building did not want to see this year. But, yeah, that is a couple concerns. A, they were on a time crunch to get this building set up because there was a hockey game the night before. And B, they were told, can't do that, can't do that, can't do that. And that really sucks. Now, the one last thing we do have from Double or Nothing has to do with Jeff Hardy. Jeff Hardy looked like he hurt himself when it comes to a couple of spots in the pre-show, the buy-in match. Jeff Hardy went for a twist of fate, looked like he twisted his ankle or tweaked his knee, went up the ropes for a whisper in the wind, and then just crashed down. Now, according to his brother Matt on his Extreme Life of Matt Hardy podcast, Matt is trying to tell us, oh yeah, that was all a work. That was all intentional. Matt stated the following. Good. Jeff was very nervous. All, all throughout the day, he said, I just can't wait. I can't wait until we get this shit over with. He was ready to go through the match. He just wanted to get it done. It's so funny because Jeff said, I know people are going to have low expectations for me. They think I'm not going to be good. They think I'm not going to be crisp. He was in great shape. Cardio-wise, everything else. He was in great ring shape as far as that goes. So, it was Jeff's decision. We programmed one specific spot where it looked like he made an error, which he didn't make an error. And it was specifically just to stop him after he made this big, beautiful comeback. The amount of people that it's still so easy to get in pro wrestling, it never ceases to amaze me. 
especially when something is done intentionally. Sometimes things done intentionally for the help of telling a certain story. Matt continued to describe how the initial thought was for him to beat Ethan Page in the match, but he didn't think that it was needed, so he didn't take the pin because he pinned Page in the firm deletion. The original thought at the beginning of the night was that I would beat Ethan, and I don't think I needed to beat Ethan. I did in the firm deletion. To me, that was my moment, and doing it in a cinematic match here at the Hardy Compound, that was as good as it gets. For me, getting my comeuppance on Ethan. Then, I could just have Jeff or Hook. And both Jeff and I decided that Hook should ultimately take the finish. So, we're going to highlight Jeff. Let him be a big star. Let him get a, a kick-ass comeback. Do all his stuff. Do transition to segue to getting Hook in there and doing the finish. So there we go. They say that it was on purpose that Jeff looked like he twisted his knee or ankle and fell off the ropes when he went, get it So I don't know if I believe it, but hey, we'll have to maybe take his word for it. Whatever. I don't know. I don't think it, I, I don't think it was intentional. I just think now he's trying to cover their asses, which why? Why cover your asses? They weren't on TV this week. That means Jeff's hurt or they were just not needed. We'll have to wait and see how long it is till Jeff is back. And then we'll see if Jeff was actually hurt or not. We know it'll come out eventually if he was. Final AEW news story we have to talk about has to do with the video game AEW Fight Forever that does launch on June 29th. We have gotten some new word on roster members for the game. So we're going to talk about who we know so far that is in the game. And we're going to talk about who we know are going to be DLC content for the game as well. So as far as who we know officially in the game, like the base roster, which this kind of baffles me, but we'll get into it. So the base roster of the game will see Abaddon, Adam Cole, Andrade Alidolo, Aubrey Edwards, Unlockable Playable, Brian Cage, Britt Baker. Um, no, 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 no. Give me one second. I have the wrong list. I have the list of everybody. Um, Hold on. Give me one second. Um, I have a list that's got everybody. I thought I had it split up here. Give me one moment. Okay. Here we go. Got it. So as far as everybody who is in the game, base roster. Abaddon, Adam Cole, Adam Page, Andrade Alidolo, Aubrey Edwards as an unlockable playable character, Brian Cage, Mr. Brody Lee, Brian Danielson, Chris Jericho, Chuck Taylor, CM Punk, Cody Rhodes, Darby Allen, Dr. Britt Baker, Dustin Rhodes, Eddie Kingston, Hikaru Shida, Jade Cargill, Jeff Hardy, John Silver, John Moxley, Jungle Boy, Kenny Omega, Chris Statlander, Lance Archer, Luchasaurus, Malachi Black, Matt Jackson, Miro, MJF, Nick Jackson, Nyla Rose, Orange Cassidy, Owen Hart, Pack, Paul White, Pentagon, Phoenix, Ricky Starks, Riho, Ruby Soho, Sammy Guevara, Scorpio Sky, Sting, Thunder Rosa, 
Wardlow, Yuka Sakazaki. Now, those are the, the wrestlers in the base of the game. Then when you look at who are DLC characters, we've got FTR, Cash Wheeler, and Dax Harwood, Danhausen, Hook, Keith Lee, Matt Hardy, Broken Matt Hardy, and The Bunny. And what makes absolutely no sense here is why is The Bunny DLC? Why is The Bunny DLC? Someone who's been around since the start of AEW. She worked her first AEW match at the first Fight for the Fallen, which was the second ever AEW show. Like, there are plenty of people that came to this company well after her. That are DLC. Hell, there are people that came to this company after FTR that are on the main roster of this game. The base roster. Which is very weird. Like, pretty sure Adam Cole. Well, I'm not pretty sure. I know Adam Cole came after FTR. Andrade, I'm pretty sure came after FTR. CM Punk came after FTR. Brian Danielson came after FTR. Like, Jeff Hardy came after. How is Jeff in the base of this game, but Matt's a pre-order DLC, pre-order bonus? That makes absolutely no goddamn sense at all. Oh, you can get Jeff Hardy, who's really only worked a couple of matches in this company, not long. But his brother Matt, who's been here for quite a while and had some pretty big matches in the company. Oh, yeah, you got to pre-order the game to get him. That's the only way to get Matt. Huh? Huh? Some of this just doesn't mean Ruby Soho over the bunny on the main base roster of the game. Thunder Rosa. Both been here less time than the bunny alley. It makes absolutely no sense. It makes absolutely no sense at all. So, yeah, I don't know about that, but I will be getting the game. We will be streaming the game, talking about the game, playing the game all here, whether that is on YouTube or on Twitch. And I'll have it on PS5. Pretty sure. Pretty sure I'll have it on PS5. As far as some non-AEW, non-WWE stories, we got one about Dark Side of the Ring. Dark Side of the Ring did premiere season, I want to say, four this week on Vice. And with all the news about Vice going bankrupt, they were asked about the possible future of Dark Side of the Ring because of that when speaking with comicbook.com. In a new interview with comicbook.com, um, Evan Hensley, who is the co-creator of the show, actually said that everything right now is business as usual for the Dark Side of the Ring crew, stating, quote, No, this isn't the end. We definitely want to keep the show going. We love making the show, and we love telling these stories. With Tales from the Territories, we had such a fun time just rediscovering our love for the territory era, that kayfabe era. We just loved that so much, and I think that carried into Dark Side Season 4. There's a lot of Territory Era stories. Magnum TA, Junkyard Dog, Adrian Adonis. You'll get all those. So, that definitely inspired that. So, we're exploring that. And there's more to explore. I think what you're reading about Vice right now, I think the good news is, obviously, it's not an official. Someone who can comment on... Or I'm not an official. Someone who can comment on behalf of the company or anything. But... 
From what I've been explained, what's been explained to me, it's business as usual. Vice TV, the TV channel, the entity, that that's a separate entity from Vice Media. So we're good to go. We want to keep going, and we have plans too. So it seems like the Vice Network and all that is going to be fine, even though Vice Media did file bankruptcy. And the final news story we do have here is about WWE Hall of Famer, Ed DiBiase, the million dollar man. Ted DiBiase has revealed that he's dealing with a severe with, with severe brain trauma. Ted DiBiase says that he's dealing with some very scary health issues. The 69-year-old revealed on his Everybody's Got a Price podcast that doctors told him he has, quote, severe brain trauma, as DiBiase stated the following. I'm dealing with this, and this is legit. I don't have Alzheimer's, and I don't have dementia, but they said, Ted, you have something. We just simply call it severe brain trauma. I said, really? I only wrestled for maybe almost 20 years, so I'm not surprised that I might have a little brain trauma. What it affects is my memory. And they say it'll be easier for you to remember something you did 40 or 50 years ago. But the short-term memory, some of the stuff now, it's bits and pieces. is what you can't, you may not remember. DiBiase continued to talk about the schedule he kept during his wrestling career, stating, There were no days off. That was seven days a week we wrestled until I went to the WWF. And even then, I first started with them. It was three straight weeks on 21 days, 21 cities. And then you got to go home for a week. Then they eventually changed it to 10 on, three off, four on, three off. So you were home a little more. But again, I thank God I'm still here. So with that, Ted DiBiase is dealing with some sort of a brain trauma issue. He doesn't have any other details or context on what that issue is, but hopefully all is for the better with WWE Hall of Famer Ted DiBiase. But with that, guys, that is going to wrap everything up here for the wrestling wrap-up. Remember, tonight is Friday Night SmackDown. Let's give you a little rundown on what you can expect on tonight's Friday Night SmackDown, the blue-branded show on Fox. So as far as what WWE is advertising right now, this is all we've got. Three things. First off, we will have a 1,000-day celebration for Roman Reigns. Also, we will have two Money in the Bank qualifying matches, one for the men, one for the women. The first one, we'll see Montez Ford taking on L.A. Knight. In the second qualifying match, there's no graphic here, but it is Zelina Vega against Lacey Evans. So there we go. With that, that is everything we've got for you here on the Wrestling Wrap-Up. Remember, we will be back live tonight following Friday Night SmackDown, and then we'll do it all again next Monday. Monday morning for the Wrestling Wrap-Up. So with that, guys, have a great rest of your weekend, or Friday, into the weekend. We'll see you next time. Have a good one, guys.